just finished a meeting um, I just finished a meeting with my young adults uh, I was at home and in my room and I just somehow this song came I don't know where it came from I just I began to sing it and I, I think at that time I didn't know the meaning of the song but I knew I knew the song but I didn't know the meaning of the song I was singing the song and um, I praise God. I called my friend who was an was an able guy, so I asked him what the song meant, and he told me the, the meaning of the song. So I I began to sing it, and I had a I had a prophetic moment at that time. I was praying. I from singing it, I was singing and moved into prayer, and the tongue the song took me into prayer. I was praying. Uh, I kept praying, and then I. I had unusual prophetic, um, I say, experience in terms of like my body's, my body something came over me. I was making hand motions, all kinds of th- things I couldn't. I wasn't. Um, it was unusual, very unusual. Um, something came over me and took over me physically um, that night, and then after a while. I think all of a sudden, I just, I just felt like in my spirit because I was highly sensitive spiritually at that point, and I, I, I knew someone just walked beside me. I was standing, I was facing the, had a big window, um, in my room that faced the street light. I was there's a street opposite my house. My house was almost at the end of the street, and, and I was I, I was standing there praying, and then I felt. Um, presence just walk and as it's like physically if someone st- stands beside you you feel somebody that's how I felt it although it wasn't physically but I knew there was what it was standing there and, I, and I, it was and it was the Lord standing um, beside me and as he stood there I saw the, the vision of the, the lamb and I just saw him as a lamb being slain, um, and as I saw the lamb, and as I felt his presence beside me, I began to feel his feeling. I began to feel his his feeling, um, the feeling that I felt I can't describe it. For it's been years now, and I can't feel it, and and. Sometimes when I speak about this, or I remember this, I begin to feel the same thing that I felt at that, at that moment. It's, it's undescribable. It's almost like pain, but it's not really pain because it's, it is, it's, um, 
Praise God. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but as I was feeling that, it was it was a sense of meekness and brokenness, lowliness, and and then also something that felt like almost painful. I don't know what that was, but it was strong. And as that began to happen, I I was looking out through the window, and it's as if the window turned into a screen, kind of. And I was began to see the whole nation of Canada. Like it's like it was like a map of the whole nation of Canada. And the what registered to me was that was the Lord's feeling. This was in 2011, and this was actually before I encountered the Word of Righteousness. That was the the building up to the season that led me into prayers to begin to speak and seek the Lord and and all that. And I saw the whole nation of Canada and. The, what was ministered to me was that the, that feeling was the Lord's feeling towards the nation and it was time for him to do something about it praise God and so it was of course the feeling was for the for for hearts for souls souls for which he shed his blood for which he died and I didn't know the meaning of of that but the the, the strength of the emotion was was very strong praise god now although when i go back to when i where i wrote down these things then i i realized that with my understanding i tried to deduce some things from it but it wasn't what i had deduced from it at that time and more and more it's becoming clearer um what that the meaning of that praise god Uh, and that was just the that was just the lamb the bible says behold the lamb of god that that take it away the sins, the sins of the sins of the world, and so the the burden upon him is the burden of a priest, the, the burden of a savior. That was that was what I was feeling. Now I, I begin to understand a little bit of it, that it's the burden of of a priest, of a high priest, who will who who the way he the way our salvation feels to him is like a burden that. A task that must be done is something that um, until we arrive at the end of our faith, praise God, we arrive at our salvation, it will not, that body will not be lifted of him. It means that he will continue to, to intercede for us. He will continue to walk for us. He will continue to cause mercy to be extended to our soul. Uh, so there's so much is a the journey of salvation is a serious matter in terms of how, how they carry it in heaven. How, you know, the way the Lord sent His Son, praise God, to us to, to die for us and to make sacrifice and an offering of His, of his life and of His blood. Praise God. So I, I pray that the Lord will help our hearts um, to, to carry the calling to, with all seriousness, um, because specific things were done by God to give us the opportunity to um, participate in the salvation program um, of that the Lord is extending to, to men to, across the nations. Praise God. And I pray that grace will continue to abound towards us, that mercy will continue to flow for us to take um, to to take full, to make full use of all 
everything, praise God, that, that the Lord uh, has brought and what it signifies. Praise the Lord. Let's open our Bibles to Revelation chapter, let's see, chapter, Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12, thank you. Amen. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 12, I'll read from verse 11. Okay. Verse 11, okay, I'll read verse 10. It says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Amen. Can you just greet somebody and welcome them? Say, I love you. I'm happy to see you. Praise God. Greetings to everyone online. God bless you. Yeah, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven that now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Amen. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Praise God. So they overcame him. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And, and they loved not their lives unto, unto the death. Praise God. So the blood of the Lamb... Um, is actually the blood of the lamb is a is a substitutionary blood that um, it's a blood that um, men it's it's not just a blood for God receives it God will receive that blood or God has actually received the blood already um, amen. amen because in the book of Hebrews let's see. Hebrews chapter chapter nine. We'll come back here. Because Hebrews chapter nine <coughs> verse Amen. Where is this safe? the blood of bulls and sorry let's see verse 13 praise god it says that for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer spring clean the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh verse 14 says how much more shall the blood of christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to god Purge your conscience from dead works to do what? To serve the living God. And then for this cause, that's because of that offering. Do you see that? Um, he is a mediator of the New Testament by, by means of death. For redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, that they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Praise God. Uh, so they are connecting the they are connecting the offering, which happened through the eternal Spirit, 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Are we ready today for the word? Okay. Wait, they are connecting the offering which was offered through the eternal spirit. Um, the eternal spirit is the spirit that that is a spirit that officiates the that officiates um, the acceptance of that officiate the acceptance of men to God or the, or the acceptance of men to the throne of God. The eternal spirit is the spirit that will actually officiates or praise God. It's the, it's the spirit that manages anything that has to do with the eternal life of God. It's that, it's the, that eternal, it's the Holy Ghost, but we're talking about Holy Ghost operating at its highest capacity. It's, the, it's called the eternal spirit. Amen. Is is operating at a level that there is there are no operations higher than that level of of operation. Praise God. So of course, in that level of operation, is everything is undone. Everything is seen. Praise God. It's everything. It's the operating operation of the spirit of God at the highest level of judgment. Praise the Lord. So so it is by that spirit that the he, he said that he offered through the eternal spirit, right, unto God. Let's see that. Um, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself. So he, he offered himself through the eternal spirit unto God. Praise God. So it's only, only the eternal spirit can make a man be offered to God, or can make God receive a man. Amen. Amen. And so when he offered us himself, of course, what he actually offered was his own blood, right, who by himself had purged our sins. After he had by himself, Hebrews chapter 1, after he had by himself purged our sins, our sins then did what? He sat down at the right hand. So that by himself, now you're seeing here, they are showing two different dimensions of the blood, right, of the lamb. First of all, you speak about the, the, up, the sorry, the operation of the blood or the use of the blood for offering mm-hmm. to God, mm-hmm. right, which was for himself. Mm-hmm. That was one part of the blood of the lamb, mm-hmm. which was offered to God right, which was tantamount to the offering of himself mm-hmm. unto God. Mm-hmm. Then there is the other part of, the, of that blood being given to other men, right, who should exchange their own blood for that blood so they themselves can also be offered to, so they can also be received from um, by God, do you see that? Yes, so, so the purpose of the of the blood, the, the blood of the Lamb, is actually an invention. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual invention that makes that can make men acceptable to God. Praise the Lord. Do you see that? The, the blood of the Lamb is an a spiritual invention that makes men what acceptable to God. Praise the Lord. So, if you read it here, you see it again. It said, "How much more." Shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, 
offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works so that you can serve the, the living God. I know the highest point of service is the offering. Praise God. The offering, the highest point, if you check the tabernacle or the, 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 the model that we have in the scripture, which was the tabernacle, the ordinance which was given to Moses for spiritual service or, to, or for the service of God, you find that there are sacrifices at different levels or there are service done at different levels, at different places, outer court service, in the inside the holy place there is service. But you see, the, the highest service of the house, which is done once a year, is actually the offering of the blood. Do you see that? So, so literally, if you or actually in the when you in the spirit, when you see you see that throne of God, all what that throne of God is looking for, what is sensitive to is blood. Is a kind of life that it receives. Praise the Lord. It's actually it's a seat that is meant to receive blood. Right, it's a seat that is what it is. Is a seat that is sensitive to blood. Praise God. So, if anybody sits on that throne, on that seat, that person must sit by blood. Yes, that person must do what? That person must sit by blood. That's the only way that you sit on that seat is by blood, because. The the seat is sensitive to blood. Praise God. They call it the mercy seat, right? And so the mercy seat is is there to is actually a seat of is also a seat of judgment, right? It is the you can call it the seat of judgment. You can call it the throne of judgment. So is a throne of judgment, is a seat of judgment. Anybody who stands before there is standing in judgment. Right? Praise God. That is how God God actually stands there. He stands in that position, right? Is a position where the judgment. Anybody, any soul that does not want to be judged, don't come near God. Praise God. If you don't want to be judged, you know, if you are averse to judgment, you don't like being judged. Don't come near God. Just stay far away from God. Because when you are the closer you come to God, the more the judgment increases. The, the scrutiny of life increases. The closer you come, and you feel it. If you are, that's one of the signs that you are getting closer to God. It's something that you you actually feel in your heart and in your soul. The the closer you are to God, is you feel. The sense of you begin to feel like every single thing about your life is being examined. Yes. There's actually things that you it seems as if God did not have a say about before. The closer you come to Him, the more He has a say in things. Praise God. Because that's just the nature of God, right? And, and one of the problems is that men, we expect God to not judge us, we expect God to just. It's a misunderstanding of what Jesus did. We feel that Jesus. His blood has absorbed us from judgment. But rather, the blood of Jesus equips us for judgment. They are not the same thing. Do you see that? If the, if the blood of Jesus 
only absorbs us from judgment, then maybe he will go and after offering his blood, that will be it. There will be no need for a testament. Right? The, the purpose of testament, the testament is the writing of what is in the blood in such a way that it can be communicated and given to another who doesn't have it. Do you understand that the, the word testament, the testament, right, is or testament or testimony in spiritual terms is the explanation of the content of the life, the content of the blood. What explains the blood is the testament. So, so when you're think, thinking of testament, it's not something that God is reading. The testimony is not for God. How many of you realize that? It's not, for God. it's not to make God happy. When you're, you read Bible in church, it's not to make God happy. The reason why you have the Bible, the Bible is not your sacrifice. God, let me just satisfy you today to read my Bible. That's not what the Bible is for. That's not what the testimony was given for. It came from him. Right? So when you see testimony, it is about God giving you something. Praise God. That you don't have inherently something you don't have yourself. So, the, the word testament is the way to, is, is to expose a third party, another party, to an existing covenant. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the testimony yeah. is the uh, interpretation of a covenant that has been made. Yeah. An agreement which has been made already in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Now, you want to make other parties now by coming to that same covenant. They can enter that same covenant by reading what has been agreed to and now making their own agreement with what has been agreed to. I do agree with that. Praise God. So, so when you hear the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb is the settled life in the, in the Spirit. By settled, I mean the, the, the life that sat on the, the throne, and the throne has accepted that life. That is the, the life, the settled life. The life that has been approved completely. It is approved by who? By the eternal spirit. The, the work of the eternal spirit is to bring about the approval of life. It makes life, it approves life to share in eternity with God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? So let's read this place again. It says... That how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. I, I love this place, you know, the way they rendered it, because it, it brings a stark contrast to Aaron, what Aaron was doing. Right, Aaron, instead of offering himself, he has to bring a bullock. That to offer, he has to now off, bring bullock and then bring the goats. He has to offer first for himself and then for the sins of the people. Praise the Lord. Do you see that? He has to offer what? For, first for himself. For, so to offer for himself. Jesus did not offer for himself. Jesus offered himself. Praise the Lord. You will never see where they say Jesus offered for himself. When they said for it, they're talking about the, the kind of priesthood which was done, given in the law. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 So the, that offering, offering for, for himself, offer for himself, 
is something that is below the offering of himself, which is what um, Jesus Christ did. That himself is actually his own blood. Of course, they said in verse, the previous verse, it said for the blood of bulls and goats, which is what um, Aaron was bringing. Yeah. And the ashes of the haifa, it says sprinkling the unclean, is sanctified for the purifying of the flesh. It's sanctified for the purifying of the flesh. So flesh can be purified through that blood. Do you understand that? But the souls of men could not be purified by that blood. Right? Because the, when you check the content of the blood of an animal, it does not have the... It doesn't have the... You check it, you, you see in that blood, soul intelligence is not included. In terms of spiritual intelligence that soul can carry. Do you understand that? That's what I mean by that. Of course, it's also what animals have souls, but their souls are not spiritual. They don't carry a spiritual function. All the functions of the soul of an animal are bodily functions. Praise God. So if you offer an animal, when it comes to bodily function, if you offer an animal, that animal can sanctify for the purifying of the flesh, and it can speak, and it can be received at that level. But the problem, even though you say, well, so you mean the, this medicine was able to accept the blood of an animal? Yes, it can. It can accept the blood of an animal. It can, because the blood of an animal, animals don't have sins in their soul. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Praise God. And, uh, and there are specific kinds of animals yes. uh, that have, uh, the Lord made a certain way that they obey certain conduct, and the conduct they obey is, inter- is interwoven into the law of their life. Yes. They are, the law of their soul, they just they carry it out. Praise God. Amen. Amen. There is no, they, they did not give a channel for them to experience corruption of their natural, willful corruption, mm-hmm. because that's what brings death, right? With willful participation in corruption mm-hmm. is what brings death. Do mm-hmm. you, you understand? And mm-hmm. for a soul to participate willfully in corruption, a soul must have spiritual function mm-hmm. because it's through spiritual functionality that you introduce disobedience. Mm-hmm. You introduce a contrary will. Do you understand that? Yes, so it's so a, an animal that's not receiving spiritual instruction cannot sin spiritually. Yes. Do you get it? Doesn't, there's no, it doesn't have faculty within it to, to receive spiritual instruction, so you cannot sin physically. Even though it can be corrupted, but it cannot sin willfully or spiritually. Now, how does it get corrupted? An animal can be corrupted by interacting with the corrupt world. Do you understand that? So, when you program the flesh to be a certain way, but if you change the environment the flesh is in, that environment can reprogram the animal yes. to behave wrongly, and it's possible. Yes. Praise the Lord. Um, so, but there are animals that, that's why animals who are kept and not shot properly, they are the ones who God asks for to, to bring for sacrifice. Mm. Such animals. So, the animals that are shielded from, God will never ask you to go and bring an antelope. It means that a wild animal that, that's in the wild, exposed to everything, the Lord will not ask you to bring that. They are not worthy. No, because 
the those such animals are they are exposed mm. to the the environment mm. they are not kept they have not been brought up mm. carefully mm. so you see the kind of animals that you that they usually bring are animals that are that have a program designed for them either through husbandry which is a man like goats or bulls or whatever you have a farm you take care of them you feed them or just through through natural design maybe maybe a a, a dove or something that flies up on, on the air where men cannot reach to <laughs> to thumb. are you are you getting so when you check the animals that, that they are allowed to be brought they have, they have those categories there's a degree of natural protection around around them Amen. Amen. So, but, but they have limits because they don't have spiritual soul faculty. So they can't atone for soul problems. Mm-hmm. But they can atone for body, for body issues. And so this, this mercy seat can accept it. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, but to, to remedy the problems of the souls of men, right, to accept a man... Praise God. To accept a man. That's why even after Aaron offers the bullock, you see that even after offering it, he still cannot stay inside the most holy. He has to offer it and has to come out. Because if if you make him stay there, he will begin to receive spiritual instruction that might be higher than him and he can still sin spiritually. After the sin of of a body, mm. of the body, so God might be more comfortable for you to bring a bullock and leave him inside the most holy place throughout the year than allowing Aaron to stay there, because of the way he won't be able to relate. At least the bullock will be dead to the glory, dead to the covenant, dead to the everything. <laughs> but if you don't leave Aaron there, if you leave Aaron there after a while, you will start thinking about some things. Yeah. Amen. Before you know it, he will start <laughs> messing things up. So he has to just come, come with something that can, that can help his flesh. Praise God. And then he has to do that and come out. Praise the Lord. Now, here, so he says, we purge your conscience. So you see what this blood can do. It, it purges the conscience. So this is the aspect of man that should respond to spiritual instruction. That's what the conscience is, the the aspect of man that that that's the conscience is the spiritual faculty within the soul of man, praise God. And that that part of the conscience, that conscience is the area that the blood of bulls and goats, which sanctifies for purifying of the flesh, could not access. It could not atone for anything when that that pertained to the conscience of man. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, but the blood of Christ was able to do that. Amen. Amen. The blood of Christ was what? Was able to do that. The blood of Christ was able to do what? Was able to do, to do that. The, the physical blood of Jesus was when the physical blood of Jesus was shed, the physical temple veil was torn in two. That 
that occurrence that happened was as a result of the blood of Jesus being shed. That was a sacrifice. So Jesus' sacrifice was multifaceted. Even this part he called the purifying of the flesh, that sanctifying of the flesh, praise God, which the blood of animals did to a degree. They also that provision in Jesus Christ because they actually took an actual man who was living and actually killed him and his blood dropped, came out. Amen. They killed him like you would kill an animal. Praise God. But that was not, that was just part of it. Do you, do you know that? Do you know that? Do you know that the physical blood of Jesus also atoned for your body? That's why that scripture works, that it was bruised for your transgression and all he spoke about the transgression and then also took about spoke about his stripes right that word stripes means the breaking of his body that released his physical blood and by that purpose you were healed and when you pray with that bad verse for physical healing it happens because of the physical impact of Jesus how many of you believe that you believe that? Yes, I mean, if you know that because of the, because of the, in Israel, because of the sacrifices they were doing yearly, one of the main purposes of that was to keep their flesh mm-hmm. from sicknesses, the diseases of the Gentiles, all the things that people suffer because of the blood of, the, of bulls and goats that were being offered, their flesh was actually being kept. They were healthy. That was one of the main purposes of that, of that thing. The just let's keep because the covenant of Israel is flesh, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. It was the flesh. It's a covenant of yes. their flesh. Yes. The covenant of the foreskin was a covenant of their body. God, God never had any soul covenant with Israelites mm-hmm. or any soul agreement with Israelites. If, although in them carried the, the potential for a spiritual relationship or a spiritual covenant. Mm-hmm. But the real covenant that they had was the covenant with a flesh of people. Yeah. Flesh. Because that, when you say a Jew, a Jew is a Jew by his flesh. Yeah. When you go and bring a Jew from the Middle East, one of them who has, that, who has the DNA of a Jew, is that what makes them a Jew is their flesh, right? And by virtue of that, that difference of a Jewish man in his flesh and his body, mm. there are some things that, he's, he, that pertains to him. Yeah that a normal person who is maybe a Caucasian or something mm-hmm. does not have. Mm-hmm. Just because you, when you check your DNA and your lineage physically, you are not a Jew. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you getting... I know, and many of those things, the evidences of those things are, are very, very, very manifest. Mm-hmm. In the, the world has, has seen it over and over and over again. When you look at the physical nation, they are surrounded in the Middle East by a wicked Arab nations. And they've been there for how long? And they are protected. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. When you go cross the border, things that don't work, they work in Israel. When, some plants that when you cross the border, they won't grow well. When you plant it in Israel, it will grow properly. Amen. The, so, the prosperity in the natural, anything that has to do with just their a Jewish flesh. There's a covenant that, that pertains to a Jewish flesh. Do you understand that? Praise the Lord. Um, amen. Now, now, but to when the, the, the time of now having covenant with the hearts of men and the minds of men. Are you seeing that? Having covenant with the heart of a man 
and the mind of a man. That is what brought about by the, by the New Testament. Mm. Praise God. And, and it was prophesied about in, in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews mentioning that in chapter 8 that this is the covenant which I will make with the children of Israel in those days. That I will put my laws in their mind and write it in their heart. Are you seeing that? So that putting the law in their mind and writing in their heart is the covenant of the soul of the, uh, that God wants to have with, with men. And that's the new covenant. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so the New Testament is the interpretation of the new covenant. Mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, so let's see here. So that this blood, verse 14, that how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And so he will purge. He offered himself. Say offering. offering. He offered himself. There are two things there. He offered himself to God. And he can purge your conscience. So you see the provision of that lamb is twofold. First to God. Right. And then to what? For the purging. And when it comes to the part of purging the conscience... For that cause of purging the conscience, mm. he had to become the mediator of the New Testament mm. that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, that was redemption of the transgression that were under the First Testament, he's talking about what was remaining. When you bring the first testament and you fulfill it, there are still faults remaining. There are still things remaining. That would redeem. To redeem means something that was almost old. You still owe something. (laughs) Like the Jews, they still owe God something. That they are that they are the Jewish tradition. Praise God. Could not atone for. Amen. Well, anytime you see a Jew, a Jew who practices Judaism, like now, if you see maybe an Orthodox Jew, many people call themselves Jews, but they are not Jews. The, the modern day Judaism is, for a lot of people, it's not, <laughs> it's not real Judaism. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. But so, the, but a few people who practice very closely to it, uh, the ones they call themselves mostly Orthodox Jews, they try to go by law and, and keep many of those things. Mm-hmm. And they pass it on to their children. One of the, the things that you find strong in their religious philosophy and consciousness is the sense of debt, indebtedness. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that is ingrained in the Jewish practice. Mm. It's very strong. That was, that's probably the greatest consciousness of a Jewish man is how indebted he is. To God. Praise the Lord. Is how what? Indebted he is to God. Praise the Lord. So Jewish men don't, there are things that a Jew will not teach. A Jew will not tell you that. A Jew does not believe that God is just all nice and you can't do anything. They don't, it's not in Jewish culture to teach such things. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
um, a Jew is conscious, they, are, they have a consciousness of the weakness of the human nature and of the human condition. They, it's something that their religion, they constantly are aware of because of the nature of Judaism is, mm-hmm. is to write, spell out all the faults, everything. They didn't leave anything to your imagination. The Lord spelled out things to them that if you are doing this, it's very clear that you have problems. Amen. You get that. And so the Jews, they don't, real Orthodox, they don't kill themselves. They know. They know that you are a sinner. I'm a sinner. We are all sinners. So the, the, at the core of Judaism is how can we be paying back constantly? How can we, and when you check an Orthodox Jew, that's one of the main things. They find ways to pay back. They believe in paying back. That's why some of the, those who do, many of them do a lot of humanitarian things. Right? They do a lot of humanitarian things because that is also commanded as well in the book. Praise the Lord. So, and that is the biggest obstacle that they have with Christianity in general. And, and even more so, the kind of Christianity that has flooded the earth today that's telling you that Jesus paid it all, so you are okay. It doesn't matter what, you are, what kind of life you're living just Jesus has paid it, taking care of everything. You can, you can never convince a Jewish man of that. One thing a Jewish man knows is that you can't tell a Jewish man who knows he has weaknesses and try and convince him that somebody did something somewhere. So all these things, are, you are now okay with God. A Jewish man can never buy that. He can never. It's not possible. <laughs> are you seeing that? That's the thing with, 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 with Judaism. So, so there are... They know that, and that's why their practice is religious. It's, it's very religious. In other words, they have to continue. Is it that the philanthropy they are doing? I, I, I doubt a lot of Jews now in good and slaughter animals and all that. <laughs> of course, they can't do that now because their temple is in, supposed, supposed to be in, in Israel. But even that, that one that was, this was destroyed and all that. Praise God. So they don't have anywhere to physically do sacrifice, right? So, but they have to now find other ways, which they, they channel through taking care of widows, taking care of the less privileged, or giving back, all those kind of things. That's how they, the sense they have of, of atonement, mostly, for Jews. Praise God. So, so one thing they know, they know that there's always something left. There's always something left, praise God, that needs to be given. It's a constant sense of indebtedness to God which they have. Praise God. And, and to an extent, it's true. It's actually really true. So that's why they are better than a lot of people who would just say, you know, there's nothing, um, God is our friend, and praise God. So you, verse, this verse 15 says, for this cause, he's the mediator of the New Testament, right? That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament. So that transgressions that were under the first testament is those there are things that still need to be redeemed. There were things left that were not undone. In Romans chapter eight, put it this way that for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. Amen. So it's those things which the law could not do. That's the problem. That was the site that Paul was using to teach. Amen. That there are things that the law could not do. Amen. That, that God did them. By what? 
sending his son in the likeness of sin and then he was able to condemn sin in the flesh so the condemnation of sin in the flesh is that thing which the law could not do Hey, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You, so do you, do you know that it's very clear that you cannot condemn sin in the flesh by a flesh-based a flesh solu- flesh solution? Right. It must be something higher, a solution from a higher place, point, than flesh. So any, any answer to sin in the flesh, the word condemn means destroy, to eradicate. To, it's not, condemn doesn't mean to act to pay back for it, which is what the law was doing. Mm-hmm. Pay back for it, which is some kind of a remission of a sort. But it's not really remission, but it's just to atone for it in a way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, so to atone for it in a way is not the same as condemning sin in the flesh. That word condemning sin in the flesh is a powerful word. Yes, right? What's the meaning of to, to condemn something means that the thing is no longer potent. Yes. Something that has been condemned if you are able to bring it back later and revive it, you was not condemned. Maybe you just spoiled it, you rendered it useless, you, you made it powerless or something, you weakened it, but it was not condemned. The condemnation of something means the complete eradication. You, re, you remove its potency completely. So it's actually the, that condemnation is the destruction of sin in the flesh. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing that? <laughs> Amen. Amen. So that is so when the of course any kind of condemnation is a process, right? You have to continue to to so that atonement has to be done to a point where it is completely removed and then full condemnation happens to sin. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So he says, in the likeness of sinful flesh, then he condemns sin in the flesh, so that the, the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after what? The spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, so he's saying here that for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, that they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Praise God. So the purpose is so that those who are called might be able to do what? Receive the word promise of eternal inheritance. So that word eternal inheritance is the is the is the part of eternal life or is a part of the promise. You know, the promise is eternal life. That's, this is the promise which he has promised us, which is eternal life. But to attain the promise, the, there is a promise for the promise, which is to obtain eternal inheritance. It is those who have etern- obtained eternal inheritance that will be rewarded with eternal life. Because eternal inheritance are the works for the reward of eternal life. Do you see them? Yes, so this eternal inheritance, praise God. So Hallelujah. those who have received eternal inheritance are candidates for the eternal reward of God, 
which is the throne of God. So, when a blood lands on the throne, what is the blood checking for? What is the throne looking for in the blood? At inheritance, right? It is looking for, is there, does this blood contain eternal inheritance? Right. If the blood contain eternal inheritance, then the throne accepts that blood. Because you see that this blood is a rightful owner, is a rightful candidate to sit on the throne. Do you see that? Yes, Praise the Lord. So the eternal, the promise of eternal inheritance, you can see they are, they are relating the eternal inheritance with the blood. Yes, the blood of, of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself to God. And then he then enacted a testament. A testament was enacted that can deliver the content of that blood. And saying the purpose of that testament is so that you can receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Does that make sense? Amen. Amen. Praise God. So you now see why you now see now why the why did they why they will have to overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony in the book of Revelation. Like if we go back there book of Revelation chapter <coughs> Revelation chapter 14 praise the Lord how many of us are comfortable with just with us just keeping to continue to speak about these things and just to keep going amen, amen. praise God is that okay yes, alright if there's any point you want us to talk about something else just raise your hand and let me know <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. So that Revelation chapter 12, right? Uh, Praise God. (laughs) What's that? It says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Do you see those two things together? Why do we say blood of the Lamb and the word of their their testimony? So so the, the word of their testimony is and the blood of the lamb, they are the same, right? It's the blood of the lamb, not, but not just in the lamb, not just that he offered, but it's the one that they received by testimony. Right? Because the purpose of the testimony is to explain, give it, giving of the blood. Do you understand? So if any time you see testimony being opened and being spoken about, just have at the back of your mind that what is being given here is the blood yes. of the Lamb. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. The blood. That is the, that's the authorized way wow. of giving the blood. Wow. So you can, if you say, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. It's like a prayer, I plead the blood. Okay, thank God for you pleading the blood. It's okay, but after pleading the blood, you have to receive but, and the way of receiving is by the testimony. And that's what John went for. But he 
for the word of the law, for of God, and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> so, so this, this testimony um, is also the power. It's also the power is the, or it's the equipment of an overcomer. Yes, sir. Praise God. Anybody who will overcome must be. So they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony of course then there's a semicolon there right you know the first one is colon they are together the blood of the lamb the word of their testimony then the semicolon is now explaining the or it is the manifestation of that testimony right or it is the actual it is the it is the description of the what is the potent element in or in the testimony or in the blood of the lamb what is the characteristic the potent characteristic of the blood that what actually did the overcoming right what what's what is the character of the blood the characteristic in the blood that actually brought about the overcoming is them loving not their lives unto unto the unto death Praise the Lord. So it means that the process of receiving eternal inheritance is the process of overcoming. It's not let us, after we receive it, let us go and fight. No. The (laughs) process of receiving it, right, is actually the process of overcoming. It's the process of overcoming or the receiving of the overcoming nature. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. I write unto you, young men, for you are strong. The word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. So, of course, that word of God abiding in them is in the form of the testimony. Praise the Lord. Which then became their own. So, if it abode in them, it's now their testimony. It's the word of their testimony, which is the word of God. And they have overcome the wicked one by that. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Do you see that? Yes, so you now see that the, the life, one of the, the, the way, or if you, want, if you want to check when this, the mercy seat is judging a life that's coming, you can, you can get the marking sheet of the, the marking sheet of the, of the throne is that they will just maybe it has just one main thing there, which is have they overcome? They just that's the check that have they overcome because if anybody who has overcome, there's one way you overcome. It it means something that it means they have the testimony, right? And they have received the life of the Lamb, and they love not their lives unto death. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 And by the word of their testimony, and they love not their what? Their lives unto, unto the death. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Then verse 12 said, They therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them, for and woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, 
having great wrath because he knoweth that he had but a short time. Then let's go to chapter 13 now. Praise God. It says that I stood upon the sand of the sea. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns and upon his ten horns, ten crowns and upon his his head the name of blasphemy and the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard and his feet was like unto a bear, was like a bear, right? The feet of a bear. And his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Amen. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the, the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, and who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things, and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast. They worship the beast saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue for tea. And, to, and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book, in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If any man has an ear, let him here. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, this this beast, now, what, what is a beast? See, I saw a beast. Praise God. A beast is um, Amen. Amen. A beast, when you think about it scripturally, in terms of how the scripture uses the word beast in different uh, places and in different scenarios, beast is talking about the beast is the most evolved form of a creature. Praise God. It's the when you create the most, the highest evolved, the most evolved form of a creature, when a creature, when you look at the, the highest evolutionary state of a creature, that's what the Bible calls a, a beast. Amen. Um, now, that, that word evolution, when I say evolution now, um, 
I don't, don't think of evolution only in the Darwinian sense. Right? Thank God for Darwin. Um, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God for Darwin. That they, they, they call it evolution. They, they call it evolution theory. They didn't say it's evolution truth. Although some people are handling it as if it's truth, but it's just all still a theory. All those things that the, the, that theory proposes, no man can really know those things. Mm. Praise God. There's nothing you can't, there's not, there's no experiment. It's not, you know, the way science is that it makes you, they make you feel like they've done experiment about everything and it's, it's not true. It's actually a theory. It's a theory and it's a theory that when you look at the way things are, it matches how things are. So it's acceptable. But it doesn't, there's no proof that that's exactly the, that, that, the fact that man was an ape before and then over time man evolved to become a full human being. Praise God. <laughs> like an ape. That's not, that's not true. Praise God. But th- that's something that they deduce based on the fact that when you check, you see animals are progressive. right? You, when you go from man, go to the primates who are close to man, then under them you have some other ones who are, who are they, they look like the next evolutionary level. Mm-hmm. The, but the fact that they line up like that doesn't mean that they grew into it, that it was, was first like this and then, you know what I mean? It's just, we just said that because maybe that helps us to understand it, or I don't know why, but not necessarily. And the truth is that this has not what happened. Yeah. Praise God. God created man... Adam, if he was man was complete, it wasn't an if before. When God made Adam, there were apes, there were chimpanzees. Yeah, maybe maybe the thought never occurred to them. Okay, what if these things didn't evolve? What if someone just made them like that, just made man, then made this one, made that one, and and follow the same sort of genetic principle that makes some closely related to others genetically, but. Are you guys? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. amen. Yeah. So, so when I say evolution, now evolution doesn't necessarily. I'm not talking about the beast was something small before necessarily, and it evolved, which is is possible. Amen. amen. It's it's possible. There is degree of evolution that science can prove. You you understand that? Yes, the degree of evolution that science can prove is evolution that comes from the, the environment. Yeah. Right? Maybe you live in a certain environment before, and then over time, right, the, you learn to adapt to the environment a certain way. Such kind of things are there, but um, some of, most of, many of those things are just stretched out. That's not the way they are. But when you come into the scriptures, you see different kinds of, you see that evolutionary thing in a sense, but you see it more, you see it a lot in the angelic, right? In the angelic, there is evolution of angels, not this that they grew, not that he, his cherubim was first a principality, then he grew and became a seraph and all that. Well, when you go to, when you see the, if you take men, let's say you take Darwin to go and see the angelic too. 
he will tell you he will bring forth an angelic evolutionary theory because that is he will assume that that's how things were but we know from the bible that's not how from the day they were created the lord said unto i set you so that's how you were you had your estate he said the angels who left their estate are you get means they had an estate yeah. praise god and they turned it they began to use it for something else you understand now praise god Hallelujah. so when i say evolution in the angelic I'm, I, what i'm saying is not that the highest form was first lower what i mean is that you can look at the increase gradual increase in terms of their abilities through the heavens mm. and what the highest evolved of them means the highest state of them are the four living creatures who are cherubic beings in heaven. You see that. And then those ones, the Bible calls them beasts. When those beasts give glory, a, a beast means a creature in all its potential. Yes, sir. The height of a species, right? Of a species, sorry. The height of a species is the, that's what the Bible refers to as a beast. You, you get that. So the, 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 the four living creatures have the highest angelic potential, right? When you see them, you say, these are beastly angels. In them, you see characteristics of different things. One, the face of an eagle, one side, one other side, the face of a man, the face of a calf. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, amen. <laughs> Praise God. That, that when you see it, you, you can't say, this, you are a calf. You can't say, or oh, you, you are a man. You know, you know what I mean? Yes. Because of they have, they, they carry everything. Are, are you getting me? They carry every. They are in the, in the highest form of the of the creatures in the angelic. Amen. Amen. So that gives you a sense of what a beast. You now see why a beast must arise from the sea, based on our teaching on Wednesday. Why? Because the the sea is the melting pot of natures. It's where the natures, different things come together. In the seas, you, in the sea, you have the mixture of all the raw materials that it takes to produce a stature yes, that encompasses in a functional way all of those things together. Praise the Lord. Does that make sense? So, verse 13, verse 1 says, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having what? seven heads and ten horns and upon his ten, his horns ten crowns do you see that and upon his heads the name of blasphemy and the beast which i saw was like a leopard his feet was the feet of a bear and his mouth as the mouth of a lion and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority praise god Hallelujah. Now, if you go down to verse 5, it says, And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and what? Two months. Forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. To blaspheme his name and blaspheme his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. Praise God. Now, when you think of blasphemy, what do you think of? What, 
What does blasphemy mean? Blasphemy sounds like you're just, I mean, it says you're speaking against them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, blasphemy against God, blasphemy's name. So there's a picture here that you just, you think of the beast that will just start maybe insulting God or insulting, right? I mean, all of you heaven dwellers, who show you guys, you felt you have escaped, eh? and you start insulting them. <laughs> Praise God. So that's not necessarily the main the thing here. When you, when you say speak, speak is talking about, um, it's not just talking, amen. Mm-hmm. It, but it's just that at this point, it was given to him a mouth. Mm-hmm. It was given a mouth. But those things which he began to say after a mouth was given, they, were, they have been inside him, mm-hmm. right, that came out from him. So those things, this, the things which he was mm-hmm. saying, they first praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. The, they resided in him as a name before, before he was speaking them, before he, the mouth was given to him to speak those things. Those things were, look at it, it says, uh, verse 1, it says, I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, upon his head then the name of blasphemy. So, all those things, the blasphemy which he had was actually in within, yeah. within the nature. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 So, blasphemy, if blasphemy of speaking means to speak against, mm-hmm. right, is mouth to blasphemy against God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Speaking great things and blasphemy. So, blasphemy, speaking against, right, means the a blasphemous nature means a nature that is against. Yes, sir. Right? It is the blasphemous nature. That's where you should pay attention to. Yes, sir. Right? The nature of blasphemy. Yes, That's the key aspect yes, that you should speak about. Yes, now, if you, if you just think, think about this about as the, the beast just talking, there's a way you won't see. You won't see why they wrote it here. Why they will now say at the end that if any man has an ear, let him hear. What is the message behind telling you about this beast and all that? It's not just telling you that one wicked guy will come one day and start saying things and insulting God. No, it's not that. It is the, it's talking about a nature that before this time was there yeah. but hidden. Yes. Right? means that it's, there was a time it now arose. It arose suddenly, and then when it arose, you now began to see, because of its arising, you can now begin to pick properties about its activity, what it began to do after it arose. Praise God. Hallelujah. But uh, what we need to now pay attention to is that nature, the nature, the blasphemous nature. This blasphemous nature is a nature that is against mm-hmm. it opposes mm-hmm. the purpose of the, the the purpose of blasphemy is to oppose the, the power of blasphemy is to oppose mm-hmm. so this so you now say what does blasphemous nature oppose they listed them here it opposes god it, it opposes the name of god it opposes the tabernacle of god and it opposes anything that has to do with dwelling in the tabernacle of God. Do you see that? Yes, now you see all these things, comp- they consist of the inheritance of the saints. Mm-hmm. 
Are you seeing that? The what sayings are meant to come into. They need, look at look at it here. Let's take it from the from below. Every every saint has to ascend. That word ascending into ascending into heaven is ascending into the tabernacle. For heaven is a tabernacle. Do you understand? So you need to ascend to the tabernacle, become a dweller. That's the first inheritance. So everything here is talking about the inheritances. Of saints, how many of you are seeing that? The first point of inheritance is when you become a dweller in heaven, which is a tabernacle dweller. Then the next inheritance is to become a heaven. That's the the next one. The reason why you dwell in heaven is so you become a heaven, or the reason why you become you dwell in the tabernacle is so you become a tabernacle. Do you see that? Like like Samuel dwelt in the tabernacle. Till he became a tabernacle yes, to Israel. Wow. Do you see that? Wow. So, if you pick it up from the bottom, the dwellers, yes. then the souls have gotten to a level of where they are now tabernacles yeah. for God. Yeah. Then you now have those who are tabernacles, but who now have his name. Who have his name. Right? Then those who have his reward. These are the things, praise God, that this nature, the blasphemous nature, is against all these things. Amen. 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 Do you see that? Yes, so it's against all of these things. Now these things here that is um, against, right? They are the things which the testimony is meant to deliver to the soul. Or they are these things are, the, are what the priesthood is meant are meant to give to to souls. Amen. Amen. So it was given to him to make war with the saints and to to do what to overcome them. So these are saints at different levels. Praise God. Um, Amen. Now, in verse 5, we say that he had a great mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and, and then power was given to him to continue for 40 and 2 months. So continuing for 40 and 2 months, what's the meaning of continue? It's talking about the time um, that it takes for his, his kind of warfare to accomplish his warfare. That's what the meaning of that time there. 
to the time that it takes for to do or to accomplish his warfare. And when you check that time, you see that that time is according to the timing of the tabernacle or the timing of the house of God. Let's read chapter 11. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Chapter 11, it says, There was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God. Amen. And the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out. Now, them, them that worship therein are the dwellers. Am I, do you agree? Yes, sir. Praise God. The, the dwellers there. Them that worship therein. Amen. It says, But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread under foot for forty and two months. So, this forty and two months is talking about the courts, mm-hmm. right, which is without the temple. Thus, with that which is without the temple. Amen. Amen. Now there's an operation for what is without the temple. Amen. Which is an operation of the world. Yes. Mainly. Yes. Yes. Right? Which is the world by itself alone can deal with anything without the temple. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. The world can do what? Anything without the temple. So are you seeing why no soul should be without the temple? Now we haven't talking about those who are dwellers of the temple. They have issues. That were, what, what? Praise God. But if you are outside the temple, it, don't, it's a very dangerous time to be the, outside the temple at this kind of era because of how evolved darkness has been. You have, the world is no longer ordinary. The world is now more powerful than the world used to be before. Amen. So you see, any kind of Christian living or righteousness or religious living that is not it is not a temple. It's not a it's not a temple life. There is there is temple Christianity. There is Christianity outside the temple. They are all born again, but they are not the same. Praise God. Christians who are living with outside the temple. And Christians who are living in the temple are not the same kind of Christians. Praise God, because those who are living within the temple, they are more powerful than those who live without the temple. Those who live without the temple are privy, they are privy to just what the, the world can swallow them up easily. What is the world? The world is the, the affections of the Gentiles. The fire of the Gentiles, Gentile passions, Gentile pursuits, Gentile life, Gentile, the Gentile mentality, urgency. A Gentile is a Christian can be swallowed up by a Gentile mentality. No what when you go, you send a Christian who is not a temple soul to go and live among people who are not Christians, who are who are anointed with worldly life mm. and worldly pursuit. After a while, they will overcome that Christian. Yes, and the Bible calls it, they will tread upon. It. He calls it here, 
said the court which is outside leave out and measure it now for it is given to the Gentiles and the holy city shall they tread underfoot for two and two months. Tread means the trample. The world can trample upon any Christian life yeah. that is not within. Yeah. Yeah. Any Christian life that is not within it, is, it, it doesn't it have enough strength against the world. It will not have enough strength against what? Against the world. So if you want to be strong, if you feel like you're a Christian, if someone's listening to me and you feel like, wow, I've been a Christian for a while, but I've, I'm, I still feel the pull of the world. I'm still, praise God, I'm still, and I mean, when I say world, I mean just basic world, though. Because in the temple, world still travels inside there, but world with, on steroids, that's the world that... <laughs> That, that, has, that has some scarlet color. You know, we saw that in the book of chapter 17, that there's a, a more, more <laughs> anointed worldliness. But I'm just talking about just normal, you know, the basic worldliness. There are some Christians who can't even deal with that, and they can still struggle. It means that the, the things that Gentiles do still entice you. That's a sign that you are still outside. You've not entered the temple. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you are a Christian that carnal things still entice you, when I say carnal, I mean that, I don't mean that you are struggling with them, that you are, just, you are trying to eradicate them. I mean that they still entice your soul, that they still, I mean, the life of the Gentile, you know, the life, that just Gentilish mm-hmm. kind of life, pure worldly life. Yeah. Right? It means the, the vain of vain things yeah. still entice you. Something is wrong with you. Yeah. It means that you have been resisting journey into the into the temple dwellers are those who have measured separation. Am I yeah. correct? Yeah. They've had separation from the world. That's the first part part of your salvation program is to measure separation. Mm-hmm. A separated soul is a soul who doesn't like you. Are not interested anymore about you. Are now focused on the on the war of focus on the journey of eradicating. To learn how to, to touch not at all the unclean thing. That's the within training. So not every Christian is in that training. Some, some Christians, they love, they are still, they are still, they just love what you can even try and, even try when you try and convince them that, look, this thing that is not, it shouldn't be, but they will try, they will find an argument to back up what they are saying and look for one scripture to show you, to say that it's still okay, you know, we don't. Why do we have to separate ourselves? You know, we can't the, the world and all. Oh, let's not just go into our own corner. Let's try and, but secretly at the back of the person's mind, the person loves that expression of worldliness. Are you getting me? So if, if you, you are in a place where you, the world still entices you, I don't care what it is. If anything about the world entices you, you, are, you should be very careful about it. And you have to quickly measure out separation from it. Amen. Why, why should you quickly measure separation? Because after a while, it, the world can put you down in such a way that you can't get up anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So, so God will help us, all of us, amen, every one of us, quickly, to move beyond that level and move into the temple and begin to dwell, uh, become a worshiper of God. Praise God. In the temple of God. Amen. But now, let's, that's verse 2, right? 
Then verse 3 now says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. And say, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, you see, these two witnesses are, they are the, they are the, the voice, amen, amen. of the testimony. Praise God. Hallelujah. They are the what? The voice of the testimony. They are two witnesses. Are this, they're talking about the, praise God, the testimony is witness, right? To testify means to bear witness. Do you agree? In, you can interchange those words, witness and a testimony. A, a witness gives testimony. Yes, uh-huh. When you in a court of law, you say, I have a witness, witness this, witness that. You, we receive testimony from a witness. Yes, Praise God. So, these two witnesses, um, you, if you ask me, what is it? What are they really, really? Are, are they people? Are they? It's, it's not people. <laughs> um, it's talking about the. Praise God. The. They are, the witness is the, is the formation of the, of the testimony, praise God, that should, that is, that should reside within men. Amen. 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 This is the thing, the nature, or they are the, they are stature development within the souls, praise God, of people who are dwellers, right? These are belong to dwellers in the tabernacle. Am I correct? To be entitled to the witness or the testimony, you must be a dweller. That one is certain, right? No, any Christian who hasn't measured separation from the world, they can never open you. You won't even begin to hear the testimony. But to begin to hear the testimony... Right, the testimony within the conscience, the conscience of a man, praise God, that is the seat of these witnesses, praise God, within a soul. Amen. Amen. Am I making sense? So now these two witnesses, they are, they actually, they are a type of the, the capacity of how God releases the content of the blood of Jesus within the soul of man. They are the is the diffuser. It's actually is a formation. Is a is actually true ministration. You know when you are being ministered to within the temple, that ministration is building up the strength of witness within the heart, within the conscience, praise the Lord, of a believer. Are you getting me? So that witness of the witnesses, they they disseminate the... What they are saying is what is in the blood. They are giving it in the blood. They are 
they are the ones who actually, they are, this witness are the strength of the covenant life. Covenant, anytime you see a soul that, has, that is able to stand on a point of covenant and execute it is because of the strength of witness within their heart. When a witness is weak, your resolve for agreement with the standard of God is weak. The, the speaking, this, the, voice, the sound of the voice of the witness within the heart, amen, yeah. is what... So, and this witness is... They are different. They are type, it's hard to speak about this area because what you're actually talking about is you're trying to... to um, when you're trying to speak about this witnessing, you're literally trying to use words to describe the technology of salvation. Yes. And when it all comes down to it, after we've read word, we've prayed, we've gone to meeting, everything... What is, really, what is inside a man who did all that? And a man versus a man who did not do any of that. The difference is that these two things that have been built inside you. That makes you not live anyhow. That makes you make a decision a certain way. That being a normal man, why do, why do you have to? Why are you overthinking? Is there something inside you that is alive and speaking? Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what that's this, these two witnesses mean. So, these two witnesses, they're actually the warriors against the blasphemous nature that we spoke about before within the soul of a man. I said the blasphemous nature is the nature against. Against what? Against the dwellers, against the temple, the tabernacle, against the name, right? And against God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you seeing that? So developing the, the ministry of, of, of revelation, the ministry of righteousness, is the building of witness. That's really what it is within a soul. You're, you're trying to install witness, strength of witness, within the heart of a, of a man.
Rana Asante Yabaroshi Pranagaraboshi Pranagadoshte Brani Katavanamakatali Yaraboshte Pratagadagadabosi Pranatali Anoshte Likatali Makatali Yaradoshi Pranavanatali Yadoshte um, again, my spirit, the spirit of the Lord, saying that it's this is not a time to to play with my testimony. This is not a time for the world is changed. The world is already changed. The world is already changed, and you need to hasten. For I am ready and I'm willing to to raise up to raise up my testimony in the hearts of men. I am ready to instill this life in the hearts of men. I am ready to do it. But you have to hasten for the world, the world, you, the world, the world, the world, the world, the world is changed. The world is changed. The world is changed. The world is changed. The world is ravaging. The world is ravaging. The world is ravaging. The world is ravaging, but there is a solution, and it's greater and greater and greater and greater. For my testimony is building you up. My testimony will build you up. My testimony will build you up. For I was built by it, and I'm seated at the right hand. For that is my foundation, and that is what built me up. And I'm giving it out. For it is it is spilled out for you. It was purged out for you. It is spilled out for you. It is building you up. It is building you up. It's a life on the word. It's a life on the word. It's a life on my words. It's a life on my word. It's the life in my blood. It's the life in my blood which was poured out for you. Which was poured out for you. Let it build you up. Let it raise you up. Let it instill me in you. Let it instill me in you. Let it instill me in you. It's the life on the word. It's my testimony. It is my testimony. It is my testimony that is testifying to you. It is my testimony that is witnessing to you. It is me within you. Let the words seed in your heart. Let the words value in your heart. Let the words weigh in your heart. Let the word. It's my 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 word. And it will build you up. It will build you up. And it will give you an inheritance. It will build you up. And it will give you an inheritance. It's a life on the word. It's a life on the word. It is a life on the word. Stay on my word. Stay on my word, says the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Um, amen. Amen. So you see what, what the Lord is trying to build within man is this power of, of witness. Right? And that witness is powerful. Um, it's the... See, the, so those two witnesses are... This strength of witness within the soul is the most, it is the most powerful form of um, conservation yes. of the knowledge of God. Yes. Right. Yes, the most powerful form of conservation. When you think of conservation of knowledge, you can yeah. think of it in terms of maybe scripture, mm -hmm. the one that messages, yes. books, all kinds of things. But they are not powerful. They can you can they can be removed. Yeah. Right, the there's is scriptures now. The Bible just like Bible being around doesn't make too much of a difference. You can flood the whole nation with Bible, but you've not done too 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 much because that Bible. Let's say you even leave the Bible, you don't burn them, you don't remove them. An evil spirit can even take that Bible and use it and interpret the Bible in the wrong way and give a different thing. You get what I'm saying? So, but the most potent, the the true way. 
that when you say oh, God's, God's knowledge is residing on the earth or God has, has, God's, God's knowledge is somewhere, the most potent form of conservation of God's knowledge is in the witness in men. Is in actually with the witness, and mm-hmm. it is that is the guarantee. Whenever we be like, okay, wow, we know that word at this level has rested mm-hmm. when it has turned into a witness, yes, sir. because it is true witness. Men make wage war. Yes. If you don't convert word into witness in men, and you, they are carrying scripture around, going to meetings every time, doing religion, it's just a matter. Once adversity comes, it you have lost everything. Men, those things are not powerful. They can't endure. The word written inside the scripture, the word, you know, archived in books and all that. Men will forget their books. They will forget everything. They will for, even if it's just in their memory, they'll forget everything. And so what constrains, what the, the, the way that God conserves his knowledge is in the witness, the spirit of witness within the hearts of men. And so more and more in the end time, is how much of witness you have. That what means how much covenant has your soul made with God. That's, how, that's what really, really matters in this time. Because one of the signs of the end time will be seasons of deception, seasons of delusion, seasons of change, sorry, tampering. Praise God. One of the things that this, end, this wicked spirit, the spirit of perversion, which will manifest as a king, in the end times, which seems to, to change laws, to change um, established pattern of things. There will be a time when, for many people who don't have safety and security, the way the, this whole Bible, the interpretation of the Bible might become the opposite of what it actually is right now. Are you getting me? It might be we mishandled and miss, you know, <laughs> praise God. Uh, there, there will be a time, clo- time when the place where you will be able to actually get the truth of God's knowledge will be in men who have received, who have kept it as a witness. Those are, those are the people. They will be the custodians of God upon the earth, the custodians of the knowledge of God upon the, upon the earth. You get what I'm saying? In the book of Daniel, part of it was prophesied. Let's read Daniel chapter 11. The same, the place where he was speaking about the time of these kings. Of the latter days, praise God. Um, in, you see in the book of, um, praise God. Let's see verse 30. See for the ships, Daniel 11 verse 30. Praise God. I think we've read this place before. If you have time, go and digest it more. <laughs> there are things here. But we'll just read a few. It says, for the ships of Chittim shall come Against him, therefore, he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant. You see that they will have indignation against what the holy covenant. So, so shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. Do you see that? And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pull the sanctuary, sanctuary of strength. Praise God, and shall take away the daily sacrifice. And shall, repl- shall place the abomination that make it desolate. Praise God. You know, one of the things that we'll be speaking are blasphemies and also there will also be abominations too. Praise God. And shall place the abomination and make it desolate. And verse 33 says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant. Do this sort that do wickedly. They are talking about 
souls that have gotten to a place of that of manifestation of wickedness where they can uh, carry out wickedness anything that anything that cannot fight god is not wicked anything that does not have power it's not everything that has power to fight god but the way a thing that is wicked is something that has been that has been given power the power that the dragon would give to that beast is actually the power of wickedness right to hurt the things of god Amen. Amen. So, so souls that have inherited nature of wickedness, they will, be, they, will, they will do wickedly against the covenant and shall corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you seen that? Which people would... So imagine a time like of wickedness. The wickedness they are doing is against the covenant. Right, it's, this is the nature of blasphemy. To blaspheme means to do wickedly against the covenant. Wicked means twist, to tamper with, to turn it. That's what blasphemy is. Is make it become what it's not meant to be. Tamper with its integrity. Praise the Lord. So those in the season where such people are doing such things, but the people that know their God, that knowledge is people who God have received the witness of the knowledge of the testimony of God. They will be strong and do exploits. Amen. They will be strong and do what? Do you know what exploits really mean? Exploit means being able to do something that is, that is when you look at the, just the normal level of operation, something that is almost impossible to a normal level of Maybe inquisition or something. Are you getting me? Praise God. So what they're actually talking about here is that they will be operating at a, at a level of the knowledge of God that is beyond the surface at the particular time. Praise God. And they will be able to walk above the, the, the wickedness that is prevailing at the time. Amen. Amen. He speaks a little more about it. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Verse 33. And they shall fall by the sword and by flame and by captivity and by spoil many days. And when they shall fall, they shall be helped. That helping means helped with a little help. But many shall cleave to them with flatteries. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them, to purge them and to make them white. Even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. Praise God. There's no too much time here, but are you seeing that? I just want to magnify a little bit, you see that, the importance of what those witnesses are. Now, witnesses are at in levels. Witnessing, the power of witness. Right? The amount of witness that is in you might not be the same level that's in you. Might be different from us. Praise God. The amount of our witness is, is depending on how much of the the content of the testimony has been built, has been formed on the inside of us, has become an inheritance, has become a possession. See, you, the word of God will abide in them. You are strong. The word of God abides in you. What made them strong? They that don't know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. 
Praise the Lord. So, but you see, this building, this strength is, is level by level. There's a level of strength in the holy place. Okay? Yes. That level of strength, the strength in the holy place is as a result of the level of witness in the holy place. Do you get that? Yes, sir. It's as a result of what? The level of witness. And there is a level of the instruction of the covenant that occurs in the holy place, which is brought into the sanctuary by the minister of the sanctuary. Yes, sir. Right. Who is also the minister of the... Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. The minister of the sanctuary, listen, is who they also call him the messenger of the covenant. Yes, sir. Malachi chapter 3. Do you agree? Yes, sir. When you say someone is a messenger of the covenant, is that where the covenant resides, they send, you, they send him message from there. It means he comes from there. He's yes, the one who can teach covenant yes, far away from the covenant. Yes, he can take the covenant yes, out of yes, the domain of the covenant yes, to teach people yes, the covenant. So he is the minister of the So he's the one who ministers. What he ministers, when you minister the covenant in the sanctuary, mm. you, are, you are called the minister of the sanctuary mm. and the messenger of the covenant. Yes, Do you see that? Yes, so it is this building, his purpose in the, in the, in the holy place is to be, develop witness. Yes. Is to develop the strength of witness in the temple dwellers, in dwellers in the temple. Because one of the main re- purpose of the temple is, is the, the temple is the waiting ground where they that do wait renew their strength. It's a place of the receiving of strength. Praise the Lord. So, and that strength, the strength of, a, or, or is, this is, we're talking about priestly strength now, right? The strength of the tabernacle is the strength of witness. That, that has been built in the sanctuary. Amen. Amen. And that strength is the, is the strength against the war that will be waged within. Is the war against the within life. The war, what the, the dragon anoint, will anoint the the beastly nature or the nature of perdition is to make war against the within life. Yes, sir. Yes. Mm. It's another ground of warfare entirely, right? <laughs> so the war that that those who are outside fight is not the same war people who are began to yes, who are sir. students of the covenant mm. are fighting. Yes, they are different kind of yes, it's a different kind of war that they are fighting. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 So, so you now see that this... Okay. So the war that's been fought is testimony versus testimony. Right. It is testimony versus testimony. It's message versus message. Covenant versus covenant. That's been fought. Wow. Is agreement versus agreement yes. that's been fought? Yes, sir. 
Amen. Amen. So and now in that space, the time of the tabernacle, so there's a time of expiration of witness. Now what time of expiration means, how much is this witness, how much is it, is it, is it meant to handle? How much the time has to also do with the strength and capacity of it. In other words, at what point will it expire? Do you, do you see that? Or at what point will there be fulfillment of it? So you can... You, when you see the the time of the the prophecy of the two witnesses, let's see chapter eleven, mm. right? Because they are empowered. The witnesses are empowered to to prophesy, yes, mm. right? Wow. That would empower to prophesy it means a certain level dosage, a certain measure of power mm. was given to them to prophesy at a level, mm. and there was a time associated with that. Mm. Verse 3 says, I will give power unto my two witnesses. Do you see? Yes. And then they will prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days. That's one thousand two hundred and what? And sixty. One thousand two hundred and sixty. If you go back to chapter 13. Say they, I will give power to my two witnesses. They will prophesy for what? A thousand two hundred three score days. Chapter 13 in verse 5. See, and there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Praise God. If you divide one thousand two hundred and sixty by forty two by twelve, which is which is how many months you have? Sorry, forty two months. Right? Praise God. How many days do you have in a year? 365 days. Amen. Well, if you, if you divide these days by, let's say, 30, which is the day in one month, it will give you 42, right? So 1,260 1, divided by 30, which is the number of days. It's exactly 42. Yes, Am I correct? Yes, so it's the exact same time. Yes, <laughs> Mathematics of scriptures. Yes, <laughs> right? Yes, so exactly 42 months or 1,260 yes, days. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, so they're telling you that this one, the power, this one received power for... Let's read it again, verse 3, chapter 11, verse 3. It says, And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days, clothed in sackcloth. Chapter 13. And there was given unto him a, a mouth speaking great things, and blasphemies, right? That's his own prophecy. And power was given to him to continue forty and two months. So, these are so the, the this beast now that power that was given to him to continue right mm -hmm. and then what was he doing in that time 
is to is empowerment to open his mouth. Mm-hmm. Verse six, to blaspheme against God, against his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in in heaven. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Now, if we go to chapter eleven, you now see something. Verse seven, that when they shall have finished their testimony, means that when they finished their testimony. At the level, this there's a particular level. This, you know, these things are all for instruction. That's why they, the way they demarcate things. You no, know, there are different ways they can tell this story. There are different ways. There's a way they can maybe just decide. Let's just summarize it and say at some point there's, there's something called witness that those witness at some point will be caught up to God or something, which eventually happened. But they have to decide what things to say. So that's why we have to pay attention with the scriptures a lot. There are things hidden. Inside the Bible is wisdom of the Holy Spirit that is that made them highlight certain things. You, you get that? Praise the Lord. So he said, when they had finished their testimony, then the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. This is a lesson. The, the Holy Ghost is teaching something here. Now, now, they show the beast that rose up out of the sea. Am I correct? Yes. In verse 13, it said that the beast came out of the sea. Out of the sea. Then, after the beast came out of the sea, they showed levels of power, things that were given to him. It was the, the dragon, verse 11, verse 2. Says verse chapter thirteen verse two, the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, his feet as a bear, mouth as a lion, right? Mm-hmm. And then the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and his great authority. Do you know that the power of the dragon is not the same thing as the seat of the dragon? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you seeing that? Then that authority has to do with the usage of. The power and the seat. The same thing that the seat of God is not the same thing as the power of God. The power of God is, is, the, is, is before the seat or before the throne. Am I correct? Of God. So that, that seat of the dragon is at a place. His own seat is, he has a seat at a, at a particular point. Amen. Amen. The point of his seat is not in the temple or is not in the holy place region. It's it's the everlasting region of the most holy. That's where his seat is. If you check the seat of his potency. Do you agree? So the realm from where his own strength, if you check the height of his strength, where he this, his seat is, is from that point of the everlasting region of the most holy. It's from in that, in that realm, that's where you find the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit is an everlasting thing. That's what the bottomless means. It's everlasting. Yes. There's even between bottomless pit. No, bottomless pit is not the lake of fire. Bottomless pit is not hell. Yes, it's not a lake of fire. Mm. Are you getting me? Mm. The bottomless pit is everlasting. Yeah. Lake of fire is eternal. Mm. 
eternal, it's an eternal fire. <laughs> Do you agree? <laughs> right? The, 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 the lake of fire is where they bring the reward of darkness. The reward of darkness is destruction. That's what, that's what the eternal fire is for. Uh, do you get that? So when they, the, you know the time they took the, the dragon and bound him, in order to keep the dragon in the, that bottomless pit, he can go in there and come out if you leave him alone because he has a greater, a higher strength. Are you getting me? <laughs> but in order to keep him there for a thousand years, they have to chain him. <laughs> you get it? For him, for, the, for him to come out, they have to go and, go and loosen the chain. You can read it in the book of Revelation. Yes, yes, this chapter 20 also. All right? Chapter 20, let's see chapter 20. Verse, verse 1, right? It says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless feet and, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him onto the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set his seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no longer, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season, you see? He must be loosed a little season. So, so to... to the, the realm where they could chain him was that everlasting realm mm-hmm. where they put him and they had to apply chains mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. And they had to bring a, an angel who has the key. That word key to the bottomless pit means that angel has a greater strength than that realm of the bottomless pit. So that angel must, must be a cherub yes, as well. Mm-hmm. And having a great chain in his hand. Praise God. Do you, do you, does that make sense yes, to you? So, the, the beast which made war with those witnesses and was able to kill them and kill them is not just the beast that has received power alone. Right? It's the received that, ha, that has received power but has also but came out of the bottomless pit in chapter 11. Let's see that. We are supposed to use spiritual sense to know the meaning of this. Right. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Now, in they didn't dramatize maybe when this beast was coming out of the bottomless pit. Praise God. Amen. But it was mentioned in a way that you can cite the meaning of it in the book of, in, the, in chapter 17, when they spoke about the beast that will go into perdition. Perdition is destruction. Mm-hmm. So perdition is eternal destruction. Mm-hmm. So the realm just be from where you move into perdition is where the is from the from that region of the bottomless pit. And let's see chapter seventeen. Receive verse 8. Praise God. He said, The beast that thou sawest was, was and is not, right? Mm-hmm. 
and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and then go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is and is not yet. So this is, they spoke about this in chapter 13 as well. Those who we made war, we made war with, that the ones who wonder at him. Are you getting me? So you see, he shall also ascend out of the bottomless pit and then go into perdition. So that perdition is the eternal destruction. But the bottomless pit, where he ascends from, is the, the everlasting realm of darkness, which is more powerful than the realm of... Praise God. Or the realms of power, of the power of darkness. Praise God. So... So you now see, right, that what they are showing in chapter 11 is that there is a, you need some extra strength to make war with the beast that comes out of the bottomless pit, right? Means you need some extra, something greater than just the witness within the sanctuary to overcome an everlasting assault of darkness. Praise the Lord. This are, the Lord is just continuing to make the case why we need to why we need to be saved to the uttermost. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go back to chapter 11. What time is it? Oh, okay, time has, time has gone, so I have to round up now. Praise the Lord. Amen. So you see, if any, man, if any man will hurt them, the fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must, he must in this manner be killed. So these people who are speaking about is their own strength of weaknesses, mm. witness, which they have over men. Mm. Right? Yes, sir. They have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power, power over waters to turn them to blood, mm. and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. Praise God. Hallelujah. So they had powers over a portion of heaven. Praise God. Hallelujah. That pertains to the earth. Mm. And empower over the earth as well. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against who? Against them and shall overcome them and kill them. There's a power higher. So in order for them to overcome this, the strength with which this beast is coming, mm -hmm. they must receive something from a higher place. Mm -hmm. Means that there must be a, a higher infusion of witness. Mm -hmm. the, the strength of witness must increase. Means that that witness which they had 
which was the, the strength of the sanctuary, praise God, Hallelujah. must be infused with a higher strength of witness. Praise God. Hallelujah. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom, right? And Egypt, where our Lord was crucified. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies there three days and a half and shall not, shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall then rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on earth. So earth dwellers will begin to celebrate about, about this. Praise God. And, and after this, after three days, now this is a very... <laughs> so you uh, see these earth dwellers we've been talking about since Wednesday. This is a very... Nobody should be here. Yes, sir. These earth dwellers include Christians too. You will see Christians who, when war is being waged against the witness of God, because of how darkened they are, they can be clapping for. See, show you guys felt you are the most spirit cocoa and all that (laughs) foolishness. Yeah. They can take the side. That's the pro- that's the that's the why that's why it's not mm. good to be ignorant. Yes, sir. When you are ignorant, you can take the side of evil. Yeah. Mm. Or you don't know that yes. you are. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know when you know when whenever you stretch, you begin to push the boundaries of righteousness. Mm. You begin to awaken new standard of righteousness. Mm. Earth dwellers will never be happy with you. Because you are raising a standard of something that they don't like. They're, they are comfortable with the yeah. earth. Don't, because yeah. when you are pushing the standard of righteousness, you are, you are, it's a call. You are waking people up. Come on, it's time to move up. It's time to move up. It's time to be heavenly. It's time to be heavenly. And such things offend people who, are, who have joined to the earth, who are not willing to journey upwards. Amen. Amen. And shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. And after three days and a half, now you see this thing here. So they are now speaking about days and a half. Three days and a half, the spirit of life from God. That three days and a half is spirit of life from God. It's not eternal life. Is everlasting life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise all may be a part of it, but when you say life from God, from God, I'm seeing it more as everlasting life. Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. That this spirit of life from God entered into them. And they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying, Come, say unto them, Come up hither. And as they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies what beheld them. Do you see that? 
they ascended into heaven in a cloud, and their enemy and their what? And their enemies beheld them. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. And the same hour was, was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. And the earthquake there was slain of men seven thousand. And the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. And the second was passed, and behold, the third will come quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of is Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God in their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and are to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. Do you see that? That great power is the eternal power, I believe. And the nations were angry and their wrath is come and the time of, of the dead that they should be judged and that thou shouldest give reward. So I see after you have taken thy great power, so the power, the eternal power is the is everlasting life. Do you agree? Yes, sir. That's the power of eternal life. Yes, That's the eternal power. Yes, sir. Are you getting that? Mm -hmm. yes, sir. That power is the power that the star spirit of life from God mm -hmm. communicates. Mm -hmm. Praise God. So when when people come into this that realm of the eternal power, they are, and they, it means they've come into everlasting life or they've received the spirit of life from God. The next thing that's remaining is for reward to come. It means they've done all the works now necessary for the reward. And the, and the nations were angry, and that, and thy wrath is come at the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants and the prophets and to the saints and them that fear thy name and great, small and great, and should just destroy them, we destroy the earth. And then the temple of God was opened in heaven. Praise yeah. God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Are you seeing, so they're, talk, they're speaking about these witnesses, the power of witnesses, of witnessing, increasing, that leads a soul yeah. to receive the next level. Yeah. So from the witness that you have within the tabernacle or the sanctuary, there's a higher level, mm. praise God, Sorry. which is the fulfillment of the work. Mm. Right? Yes. Do you agree with that? Yes. It's the full fulfillment of the work, right? And that fulfillment of the work, it makes the soul come into the realm of everlasting life. Mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it is it's the exercise of finishing everlasting life is in doing that that you overcome are you seeing it now yes, praise God Hallelujah. and after overcoming has happened then the when that happened then you saw also 
the sounding of the trumpet mm. occurs. The, the sounding of the seventh trumpet is the time when the mystery of God should be finished. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That ushered us into the season of chapter 12. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Do you see that? So for, for mystery of God to be finished, or that seventh, the season of the seventh angel, the witness must, must ha- have started coming. Yeah. The, the level of witness. When witness, the, wit- the level of witness seen is to take you to the next level. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. When the soul starts getting to the realm of the fullness of Christ, as you're getting to that realm of yes, the fullness, sir. which is the season of the sounding of the seventh angel, yes. it's time to open up the, the, to initiate the ministry of the messenger, right, of the full ministry of the messenger of the covenant, yes. where he begins to teach about everlasting things. Yeah. The teaching of everlasting things begins from within the sanctuary. Yes, sir. Because mm-hmm. so, that's where the school of overcoming mm-hmm. starts from. Praise God. Hallelujah. Does any, are there any questions? I feel like I can just stop and ask if there are questions. Any question? Feel free to ask anything if you're, anything is not clear. Shamanikrofastus. Amen. Okay, we are, we are okay. Very good. All right. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you. Monsieur Priestessiel, Father Christophano. Caranista Ferry has stories. Carbon Alter Father Lopra Tapas de Christos Marbara Hadios Avre Ferdosa to shed us is a fair dossi coming on to Ferdosa Bada 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 b
more points of agreement of covenant will begin to be made visible to us that we'll begin to see as we are living within the confines of the priesthood that because our profit will be how much we are able to come into the essence of the the witness which is the the testimony which is the covenant which when it boils down to it it is how much we are how effective we are in in points of agreement in our hearts with the testimony of god let us pray that more points of agreement more conversations of, of agreement of covenant will begin to occur within us more transactions of agreement with the witness of god agreement in how we live how we the things we do what things we accept in our our priestly world our priestly life that more avenue by the spirit more avenues of entering into covenant, more avenues of coming into inheritance, of witness within our soul, will be open to us. A more consciousness of the covenant, more consciousness of the testimony, more consciousness of the requirement of the of the life of the calling. Merishi Hamana, Shemana Nesia and the Baradoks Gabriel, all proud let us pray for more strength to wage war against the nature of blasphemy. That's the nature that is contrary to the testimony, to the covenant. More strength to wage war. More strength to wage war against them that do wickedly against the covenant, against the blaspheming of the name of the temple, of the priesthood, of the priestly life. Of course, I will make war by obedience. Jesus name we pray. 
Lord, you hear the prayers of your people, and I just ask that may it be unto us as, as we have raised our quest, Lord, in response to your word and to the revelation and the insight that you brought to us this morning. May you lock us into a place of constant response to this, Amen. that may the voice of this word by your spirit continue to be driven within our heart and may this conversation not fall may it not die until it produces the right response and agreement and covenant and to enact your witness within our soul the way you will have it to occur thank you our father we give all the glory to your name we bless you in jesus name we pray amen amen praise god you dwells between the cherubim shine for you dwells between